Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, before we introduce our guest today, I want to say um, that we just crossed 5,000 downloads for our podcast. We started this podcast last year in the fall, late fall, and it's I couldn't even imagine that we were going to get to $5,000 this fast. We're just two guys who are trying to learn how to lead like Christ on the court um, and off the court with our families. And um, and it, we've been just so blessed to have conversations with coaches. And those coaches have shared it with their families and their friends and their coworkers. And it's it's starting to get a little following. But we're not we're not boasting in that. Um, we we only boast in the work that Christ is doing through our podcast. Yeah, we are. We're so thankful. This has been one of the coolest things that I've ever done, and and um, there's just been nothing bad that has come of it. It's just been a lot of a lot of good and, and a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, we're thankful for for everybody tuning in. Yeah, um, let's move on to today's episode, Chad. Today's episode is with Anthony Franz. Uh, Anthony Franz is the assistant head coach at Trinity International um, University um, for the football program. Um, he's had stops at Dort also with, uh, we interviewed Joel Penner, who's the head coach there, and he was at Dort before that. Um, but Anthony Franz, I consider him a recruiting guru. Um, I ran into him one time through a webinar that um, Dan Tudor was putting together. And I listened to him and he talked about how to use social media for recruiting purposes. And he's at a Christian school and, you know, Liberty is a Christian school. So I was really attracted to that kind of recruiting. Um, and I said, right when I was listening to him, I was like, he, we need to have him on the podcast because he can definitely help all of our coaches. Even if you're not coaching at a Christian school, I think uh, Anthony has some great insights on how to um, to find the right recruit for your program. Yeah, this uh, this interview was an instant classic, Gian. Um, I loved it. So, so good. And a couple of things that our listeners are going to enjoy was uh, the the four steps to building relationships. Coach Franz shared that, and and man, hearing that it was helping me in my home, talking to my kids, peeling back the onion, and uh, and the other thing that you guys are going to really like is just what they look for in recruits there at Trinity, and they have a really simplified plan and uh, and formula for who they're going to take and who they're going to pass on. But uh, Coach, you're going to love this. Coach Franz was amped up, and, and so are we. So let's just get into this right now. Coach Franz, thank you so much for being on the Christian Coach Podcast. We like to start every episode with our power question, and that is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, my life has been radically redirected by Christ, and uh, I want to help kids figure it out <laughs> um, a little sooner than I did. It took me a long time in my background um, from uh, growing up in the Catholic Church to uh, being an atheist to um, being radically redirected by Christ, man. I tell you, Jesus changes everything, and I want kids to have a piece of that, and I want them to know him in a deeper way, and that is my mission, my goal. I use football and recruiting as an avenue, right, to, to bring these kids in closer relationship to Jesus and um, yeah, just help them kind of grow up as men and hopefully become men of God. Um, um, give us give, give us a little bit of that background. That sounds like a pretty interesting uh, background story. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. start whenever you want to start in that story, but give us all the way to here now. 
you know, as much as I can, you know, I, I'm transparent. I'm an open book. So I grew up in the Catholic Church, went to Catholic school, all that stuff. Um, and uh, uh, Christ was all about religion, um, not relationship. Well, anyways, when I wanted to get into college coaching, I took the job at Dort. But um, I knew all the right things to say, but I didn't know Jesus in my heart. And I actually was uh, a not a believer at the time. Um, so I lied. Um and I'm not proud of that, but obviously God had a plan from when I first stepped foot on at Dort. And then um, now once I, when I left Dort, I was still searching, trying to find answers. And then I went uh, to Trinity International and man, they really just, it's different there guys. And I mean, then, you know, I started to unpack the difference between Jesus and religion and that opened the Pandora's box. And then from there, I mean, it's only been four years since I was uh, baptized. Um, and since then, like it has been phenomenal. So I was a complete atheist, didn't believe it, didn't, you know, I was selling it at times and I didn't believe it. And just trying to figure out what my thoughts and, and ideas were about Jesus and, and, you know, my salvation. And then, man, once I separate, you know, Jesus, yeah. you know, and his teachings and not religion, I had hangups with religion, not Jesus. And when that happened, guys, man, it just took off. I pray for my guys all the time to for them to, you know, we got a lot of baggage with religion and, and with people, but we don't really have a lot of baggage when you're talking about Jesus. And when I separated the two, that's when it, it took off. And I mean, it's been a phenomenal ride. And I, I wish somebody would have helped me a little sooner to figure out the, the ins and outs of this. Uh, whereas Coach Warrant and Coach Butler at, at Trinity, and uh, they were influential. And uh, I mean, perfectly timed place, perfectly timed. God had set it up, bang, bang, bang. And it's like, now, if you knew me then and you know me now, you don't know me. Like I am completely redirected, re changed top to bottom, inside and out. It is yeah, it is yeah. awesome. I'm, I, I'm juiced. I, I, was, um, I was also raised in a Catholic family. I uh, went to Catholic school, K through 12. And now as I look back, not once they talked about how Jesus died on the cross for my sins, you know? And I came to Liberty University as a student. Um, and that was the first time I listened. I heard somebody talk and it was like, really? He actually did that? That's crazy. I just thought he did that because people didn't like him, you know? Um, and, and once I became a believer here at Liberty, um, I was just as juice. I was like, people should know about this. Like, this is, this is literally life changing. And, and I just couldn't hold it inside anymore. Everybody that I came to talk to needed to know that fact, you know? Um, and I, I appreciate your candor and your honesty, but it, it's great to see here on video um, and hopefully people can can hear it, you know, that that it does change life. It radically redirects our lives. What were some and you mentioned some of the coaches at Trinity. What were some of the, the things that they did in order to bring your attention to that fact? You know, to be honest, Coach Ware and Coach Butler, two phenomenal men of Christ, and they just lived it. Um, they did a great job of modeling for me what it meant to be a, a Christian. Not only that, helping me to unpack all the questions and I guess all the things that I had like built up. They had just phenomenal answers. They spent time with me. They built relationship with me. And then they, 
invited me to a church up in uh, Lake Zurich, right outside of campus called Alpine Chapel. It's now called the Hope Collective. And it is, you know, it couldn't be any further. It's for, <laughs> man, I try to describe it. It's for church, for people who don't like church. It is all gas, no brakes, all energy, all Jesus, strictly biblical. And man, did it, it my first time I went in there, I thought I was in a rock, rock concert, brother. And it, <laughs> You know, from where we come from, that background, you're like expecting like, yes. you, know, yeah. you know, you can be, you know, reverent and things like that. But then, yeah. man, I walked in, I was like, what? Yeah. Pastor came out, he had spiked hair and gauges in his, and I'm like, that's my dude, like <laughs> Jump Street. I was like, that's who I want to learn Jesus from. And then I, I started becoming like, uh, you know, I, I joined some Bible studies. I, I became discipled myself. And those three things, right? Like Coach Butler, Coach Warrett. And uh, the the Alpine Chapel uh, crew, man, they just revolutionized my life, and it was phenomenal. Yeah. What What are some of the strategies you have daily now to fill yourself in so that you can pour it out into your guys? Man, I'm always so. My wife tells me that I'm just a joy. Like joy is the only emotion I feel, and I'm like, <laughs> man, I just remind myself every day of James, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers yeah. and sisters, when you face trials right? Uh, you know, and run with endurance and things like that, that it just, man, I, I like to remind myself of scripture. If you go around my house, you'll see like post-it notes on the wall of scripture. You'll see them in my car. You'll see them. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, deepen that perspective and, and learn. So I'm, I'm constantly reading uh, the Bible uh, with my coaching staff, as well as like just trying to memorize because you put those things on your heart right? And it, it just comes out. And uh, yeah, especially yeah. now too, I have a, a one-year-old daughter and like that is definitely now a huge piece of my perspective of just not only helping others, but I want her to know this joy. And yeah. that is just heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. That was, that was an incredible feeling. I have two kids. I have a, a three-year-old girl and a one and a half-year-old boy and holding them for the first time the feeling of first, oh crap, now I'm responsible for this human being. And second, do everything you can in order to show them Jesus in everything you do, you know? And yep. it's like, whew, what a responsibility, you know, yep. to, to be able to. And I think I felt like that gave me the, the freedom to just be like Jesus 100% of the time because I know my kids are watching me constantly and I still don't do it. Obviously I'm not perfect, but that striving is, is, is worthy, you know? Um, and it, it's really unique how kids change, change their lives, you know? Um, coach, let's change directions a little bit. You are, in my opinion, a recruiting specialist because you know a lot more about that than most coaches. Um, I, I heard you speak with Mandy Green, who works with Dan Tudor and the recruiting services that he provides. And we talked about social media recruiting. Um, my first question is, how do you guys at Trinity um, define your perfect recruiting avatar, like your perfect recruit? Yeah. How did you come up with that, this, the, those descriptions for that recruit? Yeah, I, I think it always comes down to, you know, what does your administration want? in a sense, um, you have to build your plan based off of what, what the direction of the school as a whole is. And, and we talk about at Trinity, we have a new president, phenomenal. 
um, phenomenal guy. And he's, he's putting us on this path of worship and faithfulness, uh, mentor and hope and build bridges and love. And so everything that we do as a football program ties back to his mission and his directive. Right. And, and that's where we want to live. Um, because he's the head of the ship and then also ties in with coach Butler and his vision for our program. But those things are, you have to know your why as a program uh, to know who you want to go after and who you want to, who you want to lock in on. You call it the avatar. We just call it the fit, but we do recruit to the fit. Um, You're looking for kids. We always talk about, they need to be uh, two out of three. And so it's straight from our recruiting manual is the one that's non-negotiable is that they're open to the gospel. Um, They have to be open and that's uh, appropriately vague language because um, some people are going to be deeper in their faith and some aren't. Uh, We obviously want to find strong believers in our program, but then we also want to go out and make disciples and and find some kids who need Jesus and want to be a part of that. And that's an important piece. So they they have to be open to the gospel. And then we want two out of three in, um, in the classroom right? We want them to meet the requirements of the school and also exceed um, the requirements of what we're looking for. And then high character, right? And we find that out like character is such a, like, I want good character. Like it's such an ambiguous word for us. Like we want to talk to your, their head coach. We want to find out on their Twitter. We want to, are you a captain, right? Is he coachable? Does he miss things? Like, you know, I was talking to my guys just yesterday about, uh, the shopping cart people, the people who leave the shopping cart oh, in the middle of the, of the savages. Yeah, those people. I don't mess with those people. I don't want to recruit people who leave shopping carts in the middle of the road, right, or whatever. I want I want the people who go there the extra mile to put it away, and that's like character, you know. The when no one's looking, or when you're living your life like, but that is such a hard thing to like nail down and pinpoint because in the recruiting process. Um, you're going to see that it's like dating. You're going to see the best representation of their self. And so the only way to figure out those, you know, character defects is it takes time and it takes relationships and you got to be intentional about building both of them um, or taking both of them a lot of time and relationships to find out if that kid's the, the right character fit for your program. And then the, the third piece is athletically talented, right? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> So in the classroom, high character and athletically gifted, two out of three. Um, but the non-negotiable is, uh, you know, that he, you know, is open to the gospel. Yeah. Um, I Talking about high character, I, I still haven't been able to put this into practice because D1 hasn't been allowed to do recruiting visits for over a year now. Um, but I read somewhere where they bring people on job interviews and they take them out to dinner and they purposefully tell the waiter to mess up their food order mm-hmm. just to see how they would handle that situation. Yep. And I can't wait for my next official visit. <laughs> like, tell me about it, right? Those are the, those little things reveal so much character. Correct. It's not, I mean. Yeah. And I think sometimes we do overlook that just because they're talented and, you know, but those yeah, that's um, it's a big, been a big shift in our program as well. Looking for those kinds of here at Liberty, we call them OKGs, our kind of girl, yep. you know, um, and um, and we have basically the same the same uh, standards that you guys have over there. Yeah. How so? Now let's move on to social media because as I was doing research on you and Trinity, it looks like when one of the coaches posts something, 
the entire coaching staff retweets it, likes it, reposts it. Is that a coordinated attack on, yep. on, on, on Twitter? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, you know, we are a small Christian school, like, and I mean small. So we're probably the smallest Christian school that these kids are taught. We're, we're the smallest school. We're for sure the smallest Christian school, right? And how do you separate you know, cause we don't have a, gra- we don't have a graphics department. We don't have a media department. Like we have a media department now, like with the new president, which is good. And that's starting to build. But before we didn't have that. And it's like, okay, how do you create, uh, you know, engagement in social media with, without these things. And I was like, that's where that funny gift stuff comes from. Like we just try to have fun and, and that stuff, uh, yeah, and we have that. <laughs> that stuff is awesome. I love finding fun gifts and putting them out there. And then we tag everybody in the staff in a post, and then everybody yeah. retweets it. And it just creates engagement. Engaged players, in yeah. our opinion, are the only ones who uh, buy or sign, right? So we want to engage our uh, recruits as much as possible because those are the only people who commit. And constantly, it also, it's so, it's great for recruiting. It's great for alumni. It's great for absolutely every piece of your program to be ultra invested into social media and with how the kids are communicating these days if you're not doing it um i don't know what you're doing with your time because that's where they're spending their time so like if you want to meet people where they're at that's where it is i mean and we also use it to spread the gospel too so yeah just the best medium ever yeah (laughs) yeah do you do you guys as a staff sit down and say, okay, we need to post about these certain topics or these are certain things, or is it just, oh, I got this cool thought on my head. Boom. Let me post and just tag everybody. Yeah. A little bit of both. Right. So I think you have to have a plan. So if you're going into your recruiting and you're just flying by the cuff and you're not, there's no plan involved in what you're doing. I think you are, you are so far off. Um, I, I don't know how you expect to play games, you know, without practice. It's the same thing. You got your scripts, you got your practice plans, you go out and execute in the games. The same thing is in your, but it's a, it's a full year plan, right? You can't just have a plan for four or five months. You got to have a plan for the entire year. And yeah. it starts with the first contact to the signing and then, then beyond. Right. So the goal is to yeah. get the signing and then, then you continue talking to that athlete. Uh, you know, they're a part of your family then. Right. But yeah. Um, Man, that is the that is the key. But yeah, we do. We have a plan talking about monthly what we want to be posting about. But then, man, it's free range. So like we want you to be posting at least once a week. I know that that sometimes when we get new coaches is like, wait, I got to post. Uh, Coach Butler and I drive the ship on that as much as possible. Um, but that's something that we want them to create ownership. They're not only helping us get our brand out for Trinity, but also putting their brand out as a coach who um I mean, other coaches are watching. I mean, how did you and I get connected? Probably yeah. social media somehow. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it, it, it's true. That's one of the biggest changes I've made here in the last uh, year or so is really pouring in. And there is that healthy balance of not spending too much time on social media, right? And yet still using it for our advantage. You know, I equate it to the drug dealer who doesn't do his own drugs, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and so using... Um, Mandy Green's methods of scheduling your posts. Yep. Um, so once a week, I just sit down and I schedule my week, my, my a whole week's worth of posts. And maybe I'm checking it once or twice a day. That's it. Yep. Just to see if recruits are engaging and, and replying or sending messages. 
Um, but it's not like every day I'm there 30 minutes making a post, you know, and that has helped me lower my screen time, mm-hmm. and which obviously is a great thing for life balance. Um, and yet I'm still engaged in social media. Recruits are seeing it and it's being effective. Yep, for sure. That's the key. And, and even for your work-life balance, like I go, I think I, I check in the morning, I get on five times a day, right? For maybe a half hour at a time to respond to my DMs, which gets crazy to check my engagement, to te- check my tweets, you know, the, the whole thing. And if you do that, right, and you plan and you schedule it, like it also takes the, you don't want to be thinking of these things because creating organic original content is very hard to do and it's very heady and it makes you, you got to sit there and think, oh, should I use this word and not this word? Yeah. Whereas if I know I'm going to be tweeting about, well, I'm always tweeting about Jesus, but if I'm tweeting <laughs> about Jesus, right? Like this is what I, you know, I'm just going from what I read in the morning, you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's the Bible is uh, just free planning right there for you. <laughs> you can't go wrong posting a quote about the Bible. Ever, ever. Not in, not in our business, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, talking still about recruits, what are some methods that you guys keep up the relationship with the recruits? You know, you go on social media and you post, recruits see it. But what are some of the things that you do with recruits in order to maintain the relationship and grow it? Yeah. So the relationship is the ultra, right? Everybody says, oh, I'm a relational coach. I'm a, you know, and, and we're a small school. So this comes back to our why. So because we're a small school, no one can be more relational than us. We're the smallest school. So that's why you choose Trinity over these bigger programs. So if that doesn't come out in the recruiting process and you don't feel relationally connected to me as a recruiter, you think I'm, I'm full of it. So then it's like, then those things don't match up. And there's a hypocrisy there that the student will see and he will, he will cut, cross your program off the list right off the wrist. So we, right off the rip. So like, we want to make sure that like we have being relational to me means that I have an in-depth awareness of what matters to you. Right. And then I establish trust and the foundation of that is love. Right. And the, we always say the only way you can spell love is T-I-M-E, time, right? You spell love time, right? If I'm not investing time um, into you, then there's not going to be a relationship. And no time, no relationship, no relationship, no commitment, right? So like, you know, give me a break, right? I got I to gotta build the time. So when you look at what you're trying to do in recruiting is um, you don't want to do it uh a lot of long conversations, right? Like one long conversation a month. The student athlete would rather have five short conversations because students will see the frequency of contact as an indicator of interest over a long period of time. uh, Once. Yeah, once. And so for me, social media, and this is how the kids communicate, is a very easy, simple way for me to keep up that every other day type of recruiting and, you know, to build the relationship, you know, and I mean, that's, and I, and I think you can make it, we joke about it. um, If I, if I boil it down to like five things, I always joke with the guys, it's, there's four steps in building a relationship and it's, it's very simple. One is bring the energy. You got to bring the energy. You're not bringing the energy. You're failing because (laughs) <laughs> and I, I'm going to, I'm going to read what I write about this because this is like a really important, important piece. Yeah. Uh, 
Because great energy starts with confidence, right? And positivity, right? But by bringing great energy, you're creating positive emotions with your recruit, right? Emotions drive the engagement, right? Engaged athletes are the only ones who commit. So bored athletes do not commit. Yep. Right? And emotions are contagious. So if I come in with positive body language, positive everything, the student feels that from me and then will re respond with the same positivity. So then what I've done by being a positive human is make my recruit positive. But then the, the key here is it ties a positive emotion in the recruit to my program. So yep. when he thinks about Trinity International, he thinks, man, I love that guy. Yep. That guy made me feel good. Trinity makes me feel good. I want to go to a program that makes me feel good. Good. Sign at Trinity and come be a part of the movement, right? You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, yep. if you're not, if they're not engaged and they're not, you know, you're not driving emotions, then you're missing a big piece because the more engaged he is or the more positive emotions I can tie to myself. This is and tied to myself being like relationships, positive emotions come from good relationships. Well, the more positive emotion I can create, uh, the more he'll listen to me, the more he'll answer my calls, the more he'll let me speak into his life. Yep. Right. And then of course, and I'll get a higher percentage on my signings of letter of intent. So yep. what else do I need in my life? Right. Yeah. Like, just by smiling and being a positive human, I can increase my signing. Right. Check, Right, check please. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. do let's, let's review those four steps then. All right. So well, I just bring... started on energy. I didn't even. I know. So let let's keep going. Okay. And bring... so the, the the second part, right? Bring the energy. Right. Be positive. Be yep. present and be genuine. Okay. Yeah. And then I always talk about peeling the onion. Okay. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's like just like Shrek, man. Ogres got layers, right? Or onions got layers. Ogres got layers. Okay. <laughs> You got to peel the onion. So like if I ask you as a follower, you know, it's all about questions and understanding their needs. So when I'm asking my athletes questions, I'm trying to gain deeper understandings about yep. them so I can understand their needs and I can figure out how my program fits their needs. And if you don't connect that, you're done. If you don't connect your what they need to how your program fulfills that need, you'll never assign the kid. Correct. So I need to know about his, his needs, his aspirations, his goals, his strengths, his weaknesses, right? And so we do that by peeling the onion. So it starts by asking really good questions. Right? And that takes good listening skills. Yes. And you have to be a good listener. And everybody thinks, like even me now, right? I talk bang, 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 bang. I'm all gas, no brakes. You can't <laughs> slow me down. But and this is all day, every day, brother. Yeah. So like when I'm, when I'm cranking and I'm going, I have to remind myself because I have to train myself to listen and yeah. I'm listening and ask questions. Cause if I don't do that, you know how excited I'm an excitable dude. I'm going to just go off the rail and, and then I overtake the conversation. And then he's going to say, I don't have a positive emotion towards coach France. Cause that guy just talks all day. <laughs> then he puts that to the program, right? I just get excited when I talk recruiting. So it like comes out of me faster. Um, but you start with like a question. I, I just write like a, a simple question thread is like, you know, everybody always asks like, what are you looking for in a college? 
right? And then they say, oh, X, Y, and Z, family atmosphere, right? And then I yeah. say, so I know that family atmosphere is important, but then I say, you know, why is family atmosphere important to you, right? And then he'll say something about, oh, we had that at high school. I'm like, oh, the relationship with your high school coach, what was that like? Yeah. And just, he'll say X, Y, Z. And then it's like, oh, how has that coach impacted your life? Yeah. Right. And then it's like, are you looking for that type of relationship at your next school? Because at Trinity, we only have 90 athletes on our football program where that other school you're looking at, they have 200. How do you feel you're going to have a relation? I didn't say anything negative about their program. Yeah. But now but. I'm tying positive emotions to my program and negative emotions to theirs without making any type of negative recruiting or anything like that. The, the student athlete is thinking it through. And, but I asked five questions. I found out what you're looking for, why you want family. Tell me about your head coach. So now I know the head coach is involved in the process and he's important, yeah. right? What are you looking for in your next coach? Now I can connect the dots to Trinity, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The third yeah. step. That's two. That's two. Right. Yep. And third step. You want to tell, tell stories. Okay. So we want to tell our program and our school's big story with a lot of little stories. Okay. Uh, man, I, I just heard it over and over again. It just makes me, uh, I know when I see a bad recruiter and I, I, you can smell them. Right. Yeah. So you just sit there and you spout off fact after fact after fact after fact, or you got a PowerPoint and you're going slide after slide after slide. The kid has already lost all information. He's also bored. Yeah. Go back to bring. The energy, yeah. Right. He's you're no different than his, his history teacher. You're not. Yeah. Different. <laughs> yeah. Cause you are in sales. No matter what anybody tells right. you about recruiting, you are 110% in sales. And so when you're talking about telling stories, we want to be the best relational coaches in the country because of our size, because of where we're at as a program. We can do that at Trinity. So everything that we talk about brings us back to the relationship. We're going to out-relationship you, right? We might not out-facility you. We might not out-wins, uh, right? But I'm going to out-relationship you all day of the week. And that relationship is going to hold water with these kids, yeah. right? Yeah. But That's you true. tell stories, yep. tell your sto big stories, little stories. Like if I want to tell you, right, uh, about my relationships. Three years ago, I coached D-line at Trinity. And one of the D-linemen, we had such a relationship, such a great relationship, mentor, student relationship. He asked me to stand in his wedding. That's how. That's the kind of relationship we're talking about, yeah. right? That's the time. I stood in that, that guy's wedding. Right. We're we he is now graduated. We are now legitimate friends. Right. And it has grown into a wonderful thing. But I don't have to tell you about our family atmosphere. I just tell you how I got to stand up and got asked is one of my greatest honors as a coach to be in in the wedding of one of my players. Yeah. Like you want to talk about relationships. I'm not talking about no surface layer patty cake relationship. I'm talking about life breathing. Yeah engaging exciting mentoring relationships that are lifelong like yeah no nothing I, brings me a, a more joy of being a coach when a player graduates and they still want you to be involved in their lives you know 100%. that then you know you, you, you it wasn't a transactional relationship it was yep. a transformational relationship yep and that's where you got to get to that yeah that's the best way to say it you got better words than i do right <laughs> you don't want to be transactional right then you look at your players that way and you look Correct. at your players transactionally Correct. Oh, yeah. Right.
Yeah. All right. What is the final step in building relationships? This one is the biggest one for me. It's mostly for the recruiting model. It's the four steps. So you got bring the energy, right? Peel the onion. Then you got um, what tell stories. Tell the stories, right? And then you got locate and overcome objections, right? And so I want, I crave objections <laughs> as a recruiter. I want you to tell me why you don't want to be here, and then I get the opportunity to squash that. To squash <laughs> them, right? Because you're going to tell me exactly why. You don't want to come to Trinity. And if it's something we can overcome, I'm overcoming that thing in a heartbeat. Yeah. But objections, right? They're just telling you, I'm not sold yet, right? I'm yeah. not sold yet. So so sell me on it, right? And, and objections also show that the student athlete is listening, right? They understand your program, right? And then they are, are actively processing the information you're giving them. So that's like where you have to get to. I want them to object. It shows yeah. that they're thinking like, coach, I'm worried because the school's so far away. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, you're, you're from Florida. Why don't you just have breakfast there tomorrow? Get on a plane, come up here and we'll have some lunch. Yeah. And you'll think they won't be <laughs> far no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But once you get them to uh, verbalize that to you, the objection, right? And you yeah. Again, right, you replace it with how we meet that need and, and how we can fulfill that objection, whatever it is, right? And you normally give a story that is logical and fact-based to replace their misconceptions about your university because objections to me mean yeah. that I meet something in the process that I just have to go back to back. Yep. to uh, go back over clarify it. that need. Yep. Yeah, well... Coach Franz, th this has been great. Thank you so much. I think we need to probably do a part two sometime um, and, and, and keep going. Um, I love your energy. Um, obviously, you're passionate about Christ and your kids um, on the football team. Um, I, I hope the listeners can, can feel it. Um, we like to finish every episode with how can we be praying for you? Man, I, you know, for, for me, just staying um... – strong in the Lord, like staying focused on what God wants from me. Sometimes uh, when you're building a program, you get lost in the wins and losses and about the outcome. And so just praying for me to stay focused on the process. Same thing with my, my family, the process um, to just grow closer to Christ and to remember my why in, uh, in all this. Right. Yeah. So Let, let's go. Let's go ahead and pray then. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this great conversation with Coach Franz. Thank you that um, he is in, in a position of leadership where he can influence um, young men to Christ um, in a positive, in a, in, in a worthy manner, Father. Lord, I pray that you continue to give him the wisdom, uh, make him centered on the process and on his why, um, and centered on you on a daily basis so that um, wins and losses won't be the, in the forefront of his mind. Um, as he continues to build the, the Trinity football program. Um, Father, thank you. Thank you for his family. Thank you for um, his platform. And uh, thank you that he took the time to, to be here and, and share a lot with us today. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Coach Franz, that was so good. We're so thankful that he came on to share with us. This is one of those podcasts that I will most definitely be um send it to all all the other coaches here at my small christian college i think every coach could benefit from from the recruiting the energy just so many little tidbits that he shared but um, at the start i just like his phrase 
saying radically redirected by Jesus. And, uh, and you can hear it in his voice. And I'm sure people that, that knew him up close could see it, that, that radical transformation. And, and it's just so encouraging to, to see and hear that Jesus is still at work. He is still uh, radically redirecting people's lives. Yeah, Chad, I really, really enjoyed having this conversation with him. So much energy and you can feel his passion for Christ as well as for his program and his players. Uh, just to recap the four steps to developing a relationship, Coach, if you weren't paying attention, you should have. Um, it's uh, bring energy first and foremost. If you don't have energy, um, it, it won't be a good relationship. And then peel the onions. Ask deep questions. Don't just ask yes or no questions. Ask questions where the recruit has to actually answer and think about the answer um, so that you can really get to the root of their uh, needs and their wants. And then you got to tell stories. People remember stories. People don't remember many facts, but they do remember stories. And then the last one is locate and overcome their objections. And Chad, you and I are at a Christian, Christian schools. So we do have a lot a lot of objections that come up sometimes. And I think if we do a better job of uh, addressing those and, and over helping recruits overcome those objections, then our programs will get much, much better fast. For sure. For sure. That preparation is, is key. And there's always going to be objections. There's always going to be fear on why they should come to school. But if we're ready for them and prepared, um, I think that's really going to help. But uh, again, uh, Coach, this uh, has been such a a great interview, great podcast. Uh, we, we know that Coach Fran is going to impact so, so many people. And, and if you could uh, just share this episode, it would mean the world to us. And just on social media, uh, retweet and, and tell somebody word of mouth. Uh, it would mean the world to us. Um, and Coach, if you want to get a hold of Coach Franz, um, his Twitter account, and he talked about Twitter using as a recruiting tool, um, his, his Twitter account is underscore coach underscore franz f-r-a-n-z check it out uh he puts out incredible stuff on a on a consistent basis that you can get us as ideas also to use in your program coach always remember the mission field is right where you're at